My name is Maneeb. I'm Sebastian. And I'm Max. And you're listening to Venture Mike, the Start Munich podcast where we talk about startups in Germany, entrepreneurship, and everything that helps us live a more happy, healthy, and productive life. Hey there. With us on today's show is Sebastian Ferkel. Sebastian currently works on his second company, CampusCraft. CampusCraft connects students, like freelancers, but with as little administrative efforts as possible, to companies for 20 to 30 hour research projects. Sebastian had worked on a similar topic with his first venture already, after jobs at several other startup companies. What we found most striking Sebastian had started working right after school instead of going to university. How he took that bold decision, how he teaches himself the skills he needs every day, and how he sees his role as an entrepreneur, we will hear from him now. Hi, Sebastian. Happy to be here. Great to have you. We don't want to give you quite uh, that much of a lengthy introduction. We just want to start right with uh, um, talking to Sebastian. One thing that we felt was right to kick this off is to get to know Sebastian. What is it? How did you get where you are now? Yeah, I think um, just a short story. So um, I was like in school, so I finished my school and I always wanted to study medicine. But then I was like in this, there's this like school form, I don't know how to call it in English, but this Fachoberschule, so there's just this um, extended school system where you can, you know, where you can study. And then I was like four to six months in a hospital, like working as a, you know, um, uh, helper for the nurses. And then I talked to all the doctors and then I realized, okay, I don't want to study medicine anymore. <laughs> so after that, I was like, okay. I'm like, I'm ready with school or I finished school. And then I had like completely like no idea what I was going to do. So um, I just, I, I'm not really sure how I came to the topic, but I just, I just read some books about startups. So I went to one or two events and then something like catched me. So I was just this mysterious, interesting thing. I wanted like to learn more about it. So I visited more events and read more books. And then actually after finishing school, I um, joined a startup like as an um, intern just to learn more about how, how the like, system works, the startup system works. And I was like really um, working close to the founders um, for, for several months and actually also like took over the um, head of talent acquisition role in the, in the, in the startup. So I was really like um, recruiting the, the tech um, tech talents for the company for the startup here in Munich and so there was like this beginning where like okay I said I, I like startups and I like this whole HR like topics so I was like deep in, in, in these two topics and then yeah so the journey from like founding an own startup started from myself and like the first startup I had was like what to work um, this was like I started this I think one and a half years ago and it lasted like nine to 10 months. Um, and then we had to close it down because of one um, or the most um, uh, like biggest startup problem. So we worked on an idea, not on a problem. And we built a product that at the end, like nobody wanted. So um, that after that, <laughs> we um, said, okay, we need to like stop and um, started a new venture, which is now called Campus Craft. And yeah, so that's what we are currently working on. And also like the summary, Kaposkraft is a marketplace where companies can outsource their research tasks to talented students um, in Germany remotely. So yeah, just, just a summary. <laughs> cool, pretty impressive, man. <laughs> the, like maybe one thing that popped into my mind immediately was you said that you started reading very early on a lot about entrepreneurship and uh, um, people that were yeah. successful in that career path. When you started then working for a startup company, what were some differences that you noted? From, you know, from, from reading to how it actually was, you mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think 
I think there's there's like one thing what what I think every every like everybody who knows startups will recognize that sometimes there are these books where everything will be like like fancy and everything will be go well and just everything good and um but the actual so actually like having our startup is like actually really painful like um you have so many problems there's some but like in a good way p painful so <laughs> it's it's not that that like you i'm not sure like you don't really want to end it but you really want to go on even if you're like working in a startup it's really like there's so many problems coming to you because you have so much like also in a, in a small team like so much responsibility right so i i came out of school i had literally like i don't know anything right so i i was like i didn't know anything but but the founders just said hey you can do this 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 and i said okay i'm not sure how to do it but i somehow will learn it how to do it so it was really like this learning path was like so quickly for me um so that was really like this uh, also like big difference like from the books everything is like fancy but if you go into the like i call it like real world so it's actually sometimes very painful in a kind of a good way so yeah thanks <laughs> mm -hmm. so i mean i would be interested in knowing about i mean when you took the decision of starting a startup and not going to university how was that like i mean the social stigma attached to going to a university or your family expecting you to go to university at the end of the day yeah sure so one thing i can say so my family always supported me so that was like i think one really really important thing so there was not like that my um parents said no you can't do this they actually so i was really like so i moved out at at 18 right so i was very early like like for myself that i just did the stuff i wanted to do, do so it was really like okay uh sebastian is going to do his thing so it it kind of will work out so so that was like the, the really good support i got from my parents so that was actually very helpful um definitely and then i think i have a really strong opinion about studying versus not studying um i think if you so I think studying is great, but I think it should have, and really like, it should help you in some way. So for example, um, if, and that's was for me, like the reason if I want to build like a startup, if I want to solve some problems and so on. So doing an MBA is not like the solution for this one, right? So doing a, like studying a business administration can help you somehow, but I think it's just like 5% that actually will help you. And if you're founding a startup, so, what I think is really more like helpful for me if I would say, hey, I wanted to start a startup in the, for example, biotech uh, area. So of course, then I have to somehow learn this domain expertise in, for example, biology, and then I would like study biology. So after my studies, I can start my biotech company, for example. So, um, and even now, so I'm, I'm not like, for example, one of my like, like biggest like interest uh, topics is like neuroscience so i'm like fascinated about this whole thing and actually so i'm not sure maybe my next company maybe this will somehow start in the neuroscience area so maybe i will you know enroll in university in order to learn that stuff so i think it's it's just that like it really should help you it should not be i'm studying because i want to study or my friends are studying so i'm studying as well so i think that's like the wrong approach i think it's really just you what you want like the end result in order to um even start because then you also like have the motivation and actually studying is great because learning is great but there are so many students out there who like hate what they're like studying and just because their friends do it or because their parents told it and i think that's definitely like the wrong approach yeah um i think that's a pretty standard thing like you finish school and then you're expected to go to university and then you finish university like okay what's next um, but i from this conversation i feel like you had a lot of clarity in life so i mean how did that happen you're 18 you're like okay i don't i mean i want to study this and i want to add some tangible value out of school as well i mean i, I just want to get, mm -hmm. get to know the nitty-gritty of that and, um, was there something specific or you born and like okay <laughs> yeah. I, I don't find university useful as to with my goals and um, yeah. I'd rather do my own thing. Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. So I'm actually like really don't know it well for me. So <laughs> it, it just happened. But if I would look from it from like a retrospective, I think it's really this, I'm not sure, like I'm really this 
okay, I moved out at 18. Like I was still in school, right? So I wasn't like, um, um, like two years before my, before finishing school, I moved out like in from the, um, you know, countryside to like the, the city. And so, because my, my school was also like more in the city than on the countryside. And I, I just don't wanted to like have the, the travel away from one and a half hours, but just 20 minutes, just like one of the main reasons why I moved out. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think, I think that like how I mentioned before, just, that I just started doing things early and what's for me, like always, like also a big topic is that I'm doing a lot of stuff just because I want to. So I sometimes go to the, before Corona, for example, I went to um, like many places just by myself because I wanted to, I was at the cinema by myself, just basically. So I'm not like depending my decisions because of others. And I think that's an like interesting thing was like really deep down in our brains, this like how we should communicate and how this, um, how we are together. So for example, I always, I was also well, like with 19, I was for two and a half months uh, alone in Japan without like knowing language, without knowing anything but I just wanted to visit like Japan. So I just did it. So I think this, this, um, just doing it, um, not sponsored by Nike, but, um, I think that's like, um, one of the main reasons that I just like did the stuff, what I just wanted to do and I didn't want to study. So I didn't do it. I think it's kind of simple, but that's the thing I think. <laughs> All right. From our sponsor now, <laughs> just do it. <laughs> What you said, Sebastian, reminded me of something I read this morning. It was a, a tagline on a LinkedIn profile where the guy said, um, move your ass and your brain will follow. Um, I, I feel I'm a bit more at the opposite end of this. And, and I wonder, because for me, a main reason to start university was because I was lacking structure around me that could help me learn the things that I needed to learn to be yeah. now in a position where I am. So I wonder, how did you organize this? Yeah, I think what you just mentioned is, I, I think I would edit on my, like why you sh maybe should study university, not because of like the topic, but really like getting structured, getting like, um, learn how to learn and something like that, doing research. So I think there's, there, there are many things regarding of like just cause of studying which are um important for your daily also like after work usage so that's that's also like i think it's important um i think for me the case was just that i was like i think it was actually i'm i think i'm now less structured than i was like two or three years ago so i was like hardcore structured so i really like uh, while i was in school um I always had like to, so the reason why I had to structure my day well was because I didn't do my like homework and I didn't learn for tests because I'm really like, um, I didn't really like school because I just wanted to learn stuff that I'm interested in and um, really was like not interested in all those stuff what was in the school. So I always had to come to like, for example, okay, there's like a test tomorrow and I should have learned like two weeks ago, but the test is tomorrow and somehow I have to like pass it. So I always like figured out a way to really get in this like one days before test, like, but actually doing a great, uh, well, great. So I think maybe this comes from, from that, that it was like still like always also like in school, very, school, very structured. And then afterwards it was like just normal for me. So it was not like, um, sitting at home and I'm not, I don't know what to do with my day. So there was really like, um, also like after school, this was like, really like, I finished school, like I had like Friday was my last day at school. Then there was like Saturday, Sunday, and at Monday I started working at the start. So I really like had no like vacation or um, traveling to somewhere else. So I just started and then I had, I had so many things and I think, maybe you can talk about this later too, because I think it's an important topic, but focus was like not um, what I did there. So I, I think I did uh, like a podcast. I worked for actually three startups, which is not like something which is on my LinkedIn, but I actually worked for three startups at the same moment. I um, had like 
um, so many, I had my own meetup with 500 members. So th there were like actually seven or, seven or eight things what I was like continuously doing at the same time. And I somehow had to like do it. So I, there was not like, okay, tomorrow, for example, my meetup is organized. I don't want to say, hey, sorry guys, it, it will not happen. But I somehow need to figure out how to do actually great meetup where like um, great content or actually prepared it very well. So I think it also was because of this, because I did so many things simultaneously and somehow had to figure it out how to focus. But afterwards I can say, um, you should really just do like one thing if you want to do it well. <laughs> uh, sounds good. Um, just going back to your curriculum quickly. Um, after you went to school, you had a quick touch point with the startup um, working there. And then right after you already started your own um, startup, what to work. And I think a lot of us or a lot of listeners also um, they have this idea of startups. They are fascinated about entrepreneurship. They have those role models like Elon Musk, um, but they struggle, struggle to get started. Um, what about you? How did you get, get started with uh, what to work? Yeah, I had like no problems. Everything went well. Um, of course not. So of course, like every, every first founder, like every, like this is like, I think it's, it's a, 100% guarantee that you will struggle. <laughs> so it's not like a 99, but like there, there will be the struggle. Um, I think what's an interesting, I think Anderson Horowitz wrote about this. So there's actually like a curve for founders. So there's this um, hype where you have this like first um, days, weeks, month, it depends like where I have just this hype where, hey, I have this idea and now I'm talking to people and they're telling me, hey, this is a great idea and you're so hyped. Um, this, this, this can last to how I said, it, it depends what maybe weeks or months. Um, and after, after this stage of, of hype, there comes this stage of, um, I think uh, Anderson Howard calls it the, the path of sorrow or something like that, um, where you just, <laughs> like it's like it, it feels like okay what have i done it's just a bad idea so because then like you're, you're trying to or you don't feel that hype anymore because maybe you like actually work on the startup and get uh, and get all these problems coming in and you say whoa i, I didn't like uh, i didn't think of that i just wanted to have this like fancy startup why is there so many invoices and why is there like so many like finance planning and why is there there's so many things coming to you so I think um, what, what is always important is like this, um, you just have to like st stay in a path like for a really, really long time, even if it like, uh, if it starts like, um, there are so many problems coming in. So I think it's really like one of the most important things that you just like continue, that especially then it's important because at the moment where you feel I should quit, then you should um, continue. Um, but of course there are also like um some time in a sub where you have to quit so for example what i mentioned before so we did um what to work um and there was just this time after 10 months um with um where you just said okay actually there were no paying customers no revenue nobody wanted to visit the platform and we really tried hard so that was really the moment where i said okay it's actually not worth like continuing but this last like 10 months right so it was not like because there are so many founders out there who like start one thing for one month and then the next one uh, one month again and after one, uh, half a year they call themselves like serial entrepreneurs and i think that's not like the, the thing you should aim for so Sebastian, um, yeah uh, sorry for cutting you off i think like we, we're delving into the startup itself and yeah. what to work and everything so i think like a short introduction of what to work is so that people sure. know what we're talking about and then let's dive into it. Sure. So um, what what we had, so actually just also, I'm always telling about we, so we is like me or Michael, um, which is also like part of Start Munich and me. So we actually also met on Start. And um, so that's like also, if I'm always talking with we, so it's just of uh, us both. Um, so we um, like, I started like Waterberg by myself and he joined like after several months. Um, and we, we, we built this like platform where 
um, or we try to build a platform where companies and like job seekers, especially like startups and job seekers get matched based on a company culture fit. Um, so that was like actually like the idea and that's like the first problem. So nobody came to us or we didn't fed it ourselves and say, hey, I want this. It was really like, hey, I think it should be, it, it would be cool if point, point, point. So that, I think that was like the first problem. And we actually didn't talk to customers. We just like built the platform, developed, 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 and like launched, 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 but really <laughs> didn't like talk to customers. And that was, I think, one of the biggest, uh, biggest mistakes we did like in this uh, first startup. Yeah. So, um, and now that maybe a bit about Canvas Craft as well, and then we can connect both the stories and then talk about the startups in general. Sure. So, um, I mean, Campus Craft is um, kind of in the same area. So also like HR and jobs, but it's a whole different, like if you look at it from a like really business perspective, it's really way deeper in like a business model. So what, what Campus Craft um, is, is it's our platform where um, on the one hand, companies can like outsource their research tasks to top talent students. So for example, there's a, uh, um, Berlin-based um, solar startup, um, which now wants to develop a craftsmanship software. Um, and now they're coming to us and say, hey, um, within the next two weeks, um, we want a like um, competitor analysis uh, on what currently exists on the German market and what features their softwares have. So, um, so they give it to us. Um, we have this huge like portfolio of pre-selected and pre-vetted like students um, who can like get like matched to like best fitting jobs. So for example, um, finance research get tasked with finance students. And for example, there's all like um, real estate students who are like get matched with real estate projects. So it's really like this project-based matching. Um, we actually hire the students ourselves. So they're employed by us, by our like specific German law, uh, which is called Kurzfristige Beschäftigung in English, like short-term employment ship. Um, and that actually on the other side gives the student like the flexibility to like really work like flexible from home and do like cool research tasks. So um, it's, it's like not necessary to quickly working stuff uh, a working student job, for example, you can just like um, do, for example, during the the, um, the the semester, you can just like work on two or three projects, which um, I think the sweet spot is from 20 to 30 hours. Um, yeah, and they can just um, earn like between 12 to 20 years an hour. Um, and yeah, so I think that's, um, yeah, one of the uh, things every every student wishes for <laughs> so that's actually interesting that many customers like t tell us like oh, i wish that when i was studying this uh, platform was like available it was like um that i didn't have to like do um some, i'm sending some you stuff. my cv i'm sending <laughs> you my cv <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think uh, I, I'm already signed up for. Uh, yeah, <laughs> um, I'm already already part of the platform. I think it's a great great way. You explained it to me like uh, as freelancing for business administration students, and I think that's yeah. Uh, it was, without, it was, without being a freelancer, right? So students actually don't want to be freelancers. So that's the thing, right? Because then you get problems with like. Um, you know, um, child money and buffer and all these stuff and insurances and so you, and all this bureaucratic stuff too. So as a student, you don't want to be a freelancer. Maybe if you're like IT or design student, you can work on those freelancer platforms, but then maybe it, it will go well. But for all the finance, business administration students, there's not something like really a freelancing from home. But um, yeah, so that's the thing. So how can uh, students... Um sign up for campus craft um how can they get in contact with you and where do they where do they uh, sign up sure so it's i think it's pretty simple so there's like campuscraft.com.de.eu every like we have every domain and but then, on the domain <laughs> and then and then yeah so there's this student sector and um you actually have just to type in your mail um you get a follow-up mail where there's a more like detailed form. So we ask you questions like, what are you currently studying? What are your skills? Um, send us your CV. 
Um, and in the background, we are like really like screening every student. So for example, things that are important for us and for our, like um, customers is like, we are looking for students who are at least in like third or fourth semester because, and maybe did some work in student job before because it's, it's sometimes hard if there's like a student who's like in the first semester and didn't have like any job before just coming out of school and then giving him like kind of complex research tasks. So I think, I think that's not like the best fit, at, at least for now, maybe you can do it later as well, but um, really like um, in a later bachelor and every math student um, will, will be very well on our platform. <laughs> I would have a question. So Sebastian, if uh, there's a great guy like you who hasn't been to university and now wants to work on your platform. So how would the screening process look for him, look like for him? Like he's not in the third, fourth semester, no research projects. And um, I mean, during the filtering process, I don't want them to be left out. Sure. Um, I've, I think it's an important uh, topic what you mentioned, right? So for example, there are many people who are not in this, like, for example, for me, who are not in this traditional path, but like really, really talented, which uh, could feel well there. So that's also the reason why we're more looking in the future, like next month or maybe next year as well, more in this um, like um, test, like skill-based screening. So it's not like we look at your university grades or whatever, but there will be like, um, for example, an example research you have to do, which then um, gets evaluated by, by professionals and they can say, okay, this was great or this was not good or um, some, some small tasks or, or tests. So because after that, even if you're like in your first semester, but did a great job there, then um, it, it could be like a great um, fit. So, but yeah, just now in the beginning, it's just hard for us to, you know, do everything. So we just need to focus and do also like for us the simplest way to um, have the, the best, uh, the best uh, like matching process. So um, yeah, that's also like why we are currently doing just research because of course, there's so many tasks what students um, could do. For example, you know, designing business plan or IT students can do some small software development or design students, some website design. So there's so many things what students actually can do. But also like one learning from my previous startup was you, sh you need to focus. <laughs> it's, it's like not something you have to choose, but um, especially interesting at um, if you look at the dynamics of marketplaces it's even more interesting that if you, what you see now is that every marketplace like every horizontal marketplace gets vertically side uh, verticalized what verticalized verticalized <laughs> everybody who hears this know what we mean um, <laughs> and then explain to us we add it to the show notes <laughs> Don't yeah. Yeah. Um, so, for example, if you look at a platform like like Stepstone, Indeed, and Co. So these are all like horizontal platforms where you have like all jobs. And the trend we are seeing now is that there are many um, like vertical platforms coming out. So, for example, Honeypot is a great example. It's a platform really focused just on tech and and software developers. Um, for example, there will be many platforms in the future, for example, just for sales, just for marketing. And so, so all these horizontal platforms, which will have all jobs, get verticalized. Um, for example, you, the, first, the first one where you sit, where you saw this um, phenomenon was like on Craigslist, right? So Craigslist was like the first horizontal platform ever and they did like everything, like from, from housing to jobs. Uh, and then like, this was like the first time where we saw this trend where like, just Airbnb took all the housing um, stuff from Craigslist and eBay took all the like secondhand um, in their platform. So that was like the first, where the first vertical platforms coming out. And um, also like StepZone was like a vertical from, from uh, Craigslist. But then um, because of like all the developing um, software, also these platforms will get uh, vertical. For example, if you look at Airbnb, there are also now many like um, housing platforms where are uh, just in a small vertical, right? So for example, for luxury um, real estate uh, or luxury um, renting, or just for here Munich, we have Holidu, um, which is a Munich-based um, travel tech startup. And they, they, for example, focus on like these, um, like, how should I call it? Like these uh, travel um, houses, right? Uh, how, how do you call it? Like really these, where, where like eight to 10 people can fit in for a holiday, right? These how should you call it in English, like these 
ähm, ja, these, these mentions. Condos, condos. Yeah, yeah, for example, yeah. And they but, just, yeah, yeah they, 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 they just focus on that. And they actually, because of that, they um, are different than Airbnb. So I think that's a, like a huge trend. What what we see now is that like every every horizontal platform gets like a vertical. So, and that's also the reason why I said, okay, and um, we are just doing like research, but because we can't do like anything at the beginning. Um, maybe in the uh, near future, when we have this vertical done good, um, then we can maybe start into into other verticals, but um, you really should like not scale too quick. Also, like one um, important um, thing, like or a huge mistake many startups do. Mm -hmm. That's an interesting point. I remember reading a similar story about Amazon and how Amazon treats the startups that work in its proximity. How first they invite them on the platform are yeah. quite collaborative, and then they sooner or later spin out an own venture that sells the product at less than half the price. Um, so I'm Amazon, if you hear this, um, don't be mad at me. I mean, I'm just a random guy on the internet. You don't, you don't care really. <laughs> Maybe consider sponsoring us. <laughs> yeah. Wow, this is actually, this is a McDonald's cup. <laughs> I have one from Allianz as well. So. <laughs> I thought I should have my Zoom one, the one I had yesterday, you remember? I don't know as if they're giving us money or not. But next time, see. next time. But Sebastian, yeah. um, maybe that's more on the emotional side of starting a venture. Do you feel some frustration that because the picture you're painting to me suggests that in the future there will be these huge, the big five, and the rest of us will just building very tiny ventures that take on a very teeny weeny bit of the whole value creation and that sort of for me feels frustrating how, how would you how do you motivate me to still start working on an own company sure uh, um i think one well, thing sorry take this with, yeah. a pin, with a grain of salt it's not how you say with a grain of yeah so seriously yeah, I, mean, yeah. So I, I think yeah, yeah i think i think one thing like not like every startup needs to be like Amazon and Google, right? So I think that's also like one thing for every like first time founder. So actually you have just to think about also like doing a 10 million business is actually like a huge success, for example. So if you're like first time founder and you have like, um, or a million revenue, so that's awesome, right? So it's, it's not like that uh, if, you, if you start a company, it must be like a, the next level, the, like the sixth six, uh, company. Um, and I mean, if you, if you can like live from it, you have some employers who are happy at the work. So, um, and you're 10 or 20 people. So maybe like, it, it just depends on the founder's personality, right? So just like, what do you want as a founder as yourself and not what like, oh, there's this startup raising their series D and I want to be like that. So is it really like, if you want, as a, do you really want to be in that position where do you really want to be that Mark Zuckerberg that like gets hundred like um, emails where they say that you will kill them or I don't know. So it's, I think, so for example, for me, I don't want to be in a position of, for example, Mark Zuckerberg because you actually have like no social life at all. So you really like don't have it maybe like some hours a year but i hope um, he's not hearing this <laughs> yeah so i think it's it's not something i would i would aim for um and i mean i mean also like it you can actually get very actually this interesting fact that um what i talked before in this like um starting a vertical rather than this horizontal marketplace that um actually we also see in a trend that sometimes the small first like smaller venture this vertical but actually get bigger than a former like horizontal platform so that's like an interesting thing because they can really get more of the like global global share and because they can focus uh, better on the on the customers um so yeah but i mean getting a like bigger than like one of those big fives i think um i think it's not like I think this just this is more like a um, political topic, right? So it's really like um, some some politics need to be done there in order to uh, lower them. But I think not that like another company will get on the like bigger than that. So I think it's more like a um, yeah more more of that topic. But 
um, yeah, I think you should um, you should start um, building building in a vertical. For example, if some of you know like these, um, like what Amazon, for example, can't do well is for example clothes. So they do clothes, but there is a Salando, there is a um, um, also like more vertical a Farfetch with with have like these high beast clothes. So they're, they're, and they're huge like Salando, Farfetch. They, these are like also like huge companies. So I think just because like a bigger company is in, in some kind of doing that. Um, you can also, you can always say like, Oh, but Google can do that or, or Apple can do that. Um, I think that should not stop you from like starting your venture. Mm -hmm. I agree. Um, Munib. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm just listening through the conversation. I was thinking like, the knowledge and the insights that you have, I mean, they're great. And I was just interested in like, if you do not go through the traditional path of going to the university, what is learning for you? And I mean, you, you do have, you would have eventually some sources of learning when you get insights and when you learn from and get acquired skills. So how does it look like for you? How, how what is self-learning for you? So I, I think like, um, it, 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 it like favorite favorite answer is like it depends right so <laughs> it depends like the, the interesting thing like um I, I can i can talk so much about our brains and neuroscience because but every like brain is different and because of every brain is different everybody also like learns differently so that's like the phenomenon of learning so i, I think there's not like this um like way on this is how you will the best uh, learn the best way. So I think it really, really, you just have to try things out. I think that's important. So I think it's important that you really like try many, many things and, and just figure out how, what's like the best way for you. Um, the best way for me, for example, was that, um, um, and also like, if I think back in, in like when I was in school, um, like, like, the the classes itself like, like i never listened right so i was doing like really like random stuff all the time and then like when when there was a test or an exam i just uh, watched you know some video on youtube about the topic and i learned in 10 minutes more than i learned in the past last weeks in in the, in, the, in the class so that was like really like learning with 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 video for a topic was like the you know i I actually didn't like wanted to go to school because I just said, okay, but I can learn this really like in 10 minutes on this video. Why should I go there? So <laughs> I think, but sometimes people need this in person and asking questions. So th this is the interesting thing. What I said, that it's really dependent. Um, I think I can really connect with the story and what you say. So I've been to, I've been at the university for two years and I see myself going through the process of self-learning only. But just this thought of leaving university and doing my own thing, just the sheer terror associated with not graduating from school. I mean, uh, how did you overcome that stigma? And you, I mean, if you are a startup founder as well and you want to hire people and they ask you, what are your skills or how do, what do you bring to the table? So how is that conversation like? Um, I'm really like um, transparent about this. So I'm always like, for example, if I'm meeting like with investors or like, whatever huge personalities i'm always saying like something like maybe maybe i don't have like this huge domain expertise but i'm like a huge like um learning by doing type of of learner so um that's also what the last two or three years were just learning doing mistakes and learning and doing mistakes and learning and actually i thought i think that brought me like really like far just in the time that i had so um but also like one topic that's really um very important for me is like having um people like all the time around you who are like at least one step um further further than you right so um what 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 i see for example because i um i was born in like more of a countryside like where you know there was like no city and um no um you know like fancy fancy like stuff there was just like this one supermarket maybe one bus and maybe a football field whatever <laughs> but like nothing more and i ha i have i have friends there and now i have friends like in the city and it's really interesting to see that they're completely different right also like from how they see things and how they learn so um not saying that 
Um, and you eventually changed as well throughout the journey. You as a person changed as well. And, yeah, um, yeah, because I kind of saw both sides, right? So I can really also like, if everybody who listens to this is all living in the countryside, I think, I think it will be beneficial for you if you move to the city in order to like learn, get to know more people, learn more stuff, have it, more access to more information. So I think that's also like an important topic. Mm-hmm. And, and having like really what I said, like having these kind of mentors. So um, that's one topic what is sometimes understood wrong. So it's not like that you should go to people and ask, hey, do you want to be my mentor? I think that's not like the right approach. But in your journey, for example, at least for, for me, it was like this. So in my journey, there was just like people who are, there was not never like the topic that we said, hey, are you my mentor? Or hey, I'm your mentor. It's just like, there's this personality that's like really close working to you or helping you all the time. And just is like one, two, three steps um, further than you. So they're actually helping you a lot because they did the same mistakes you sh- will do. So they say, hey, don't do it. Don't do the mistake I did. And you will learn so much from, from those people. So um, yeah, so this, all these mentorship is also like one huge, um, yeah, how you should, how we just um, prevent. To, so you will do mistakes, but you will do less. <laughs> interesting. And like we all three are very interested in the mentorship topic as well. Yeah. And we often discuss like, how do you eventually go about finding mentors? Like, is it, I reach out to people on LinkedIn, hey, do you want to be a mentor? I mean, if I don't have contacts and if I'm new yeah. and I'm studying at the university, how do you go about it? Yeah, yeah. So that, how I said before, I think that's like the, the wrong approach. So I think I would never like go to someone and say, hey, do you want to be my mentor? Um, so that, that's not what I would do. Um, what I would do is like, it sounds simple, but really like get to know as many people as you can and do your networking thing at Forex, um, uh, for like, especially like in the beginning, like, um, for example, for me, it was like that, especially in the first, like six to 12 months where I was starting in the startup ecosystem, I networked so much. So I was like, at least also all before Corona, but I was like at whatever, six to seven, like, I think there were weeks where I was like at, every evening I was on an event, right? So every evening I learned, I get to know more people, more people and build my network. And I was just in one city. So at one time you go to an event and you know 80% of the people there <laughs> because there are always the same people who are going to those events. Um, and I think that's important. Now for me, that, that it's, it's even if Corona wouldn't be there, I wouldn't have like the time to go to every evening to an event, but um, especially in the early times, I think it's important to like network a lot. So that's, that's like one thing I would do. Um, also, that's the reason why maybe living in a city is better than living on like more the countryside because there are not so many startup events. <laughs> um, and then I think, I mean, I, c- I can say it. So for example, our like closest mentor or like best mentor is actually from like um, uh, matchmaking um, like um, from from Start Munich, right? So I'm not sure how you, if you know it, but Start Munich has this like mentor matching um, and they actually, yeah, and they actually match. Well. Yeah, <laughs> maybe you should talk to, the, to, to more people there. But yeah, actually we, but, but I think they're, it's not like, a, actually, I think they did like two matchings and or three matchings and two um, mentors worth with us and one with another side. So it really not, it's not like that big. Um, but yeah, actually like Start Muting did like this mentor matching and someone wrote me, hey, there's this guy, we, we wrote him if he would be interested in getting to know you. And we said, um, sounds great because he was like a multiple, uh, like really serious entrepreneur. So he built it up like startups before, which were really successful and also in the same like HR job area. So it was really a good fit. And then we get to know each other. And actually this person was or is still like responsible for, yeah, so many things we currently have. So it was really without him, I think, maybe we, we both wouldn't do a startup anymore. So it's really was like game changer for us. And yeah, so maybe um, if you're in, if you're a start uh, listener or whatever, 
ask <laughs> if you don't know it if, if your start um, um, has, has a match uh, matchmaking um, so yeah I think that's one thing because you always maybe want this third party right I think that's that's the thing so you want this third party where for example Stab Munich says to mentor hey there's this person and you tell him hey there's this person and maybe you should get to know each other so I think this is always like important or also with like warm interest to from people you know to other people so um, you always want this like third party party involved but I think Absolutely, it's like, hard I mean I, I find like where I'd start I mean I've just don't start back in May and um, these donor calls and having these people who are really excited and want to talk about startups and everything, it just stubs off you. You're in that yeah. environment and you have all these topics around you, you eventually get involved and find interesting people as well. Uh, I could do the last question, um, if you guys agree. I, I, uh, have, I, think, uh, like I, I could get in one point uh, while you were talking, Sebastian, so um, guess Sebastian. Yes, I, I recalled a book by Linda Gratton. She's from London Business School, I think, 100 Years Life. And she did an interview with uh, McKinsey and there she said that um, in the phases of your life where you're changing the most, chances are very high that you meet more people compared with phases where you are more focused. And that made complete sense. She, she said that if you have a larger network, the chances are higher that the person that you're going to be in a half a year or two years time is in that network compared with when you have just a very small yes. circle of people. And I think um, because she puts it into that context of a hundred years life, it's very interesting to observe that it's, it's not just something now you do at the beginning of your career, yeah. but eventually after um, your startup, when you sold it to private equity successfully, we'll see. Um, or to um, Stepstone, Axel Springer, <laughs> then you go into another phase yeah. where you um, get to yeah. meet people. Yeah, I think there's this um, butterfly effect, which maybe you can kind of combine with it. Um, maybe maybe you guys know about it. So a butterfly effect is really like, if you like, um, how should I say, like if you like um, touch like one thing, this thing touches like, to other things and then the like chain evolves and at like for example um, um something i did three years ago is now like um helping me tomorrow because maybe it's just like a really really small thing i think it's 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 um, actually it's crazy to think about it so for example maybe we're doing this interview now and there's someone listening to um from from like berlin and now the person is deciding oh this was um, actually very great maybe um i will okay now i will start with my thing and this will be in the next unicorn so uh, you know you don't know so i think these these small um chains with like huge impact is like um i think it's like called the butterfly effect um it's it's actually really really like crazy to think about in a like from a top-down perspective <laughs> so that reminds me of uh, forest gum life's like a box of chocolate sure. you know, what you're gonna get yeah um sounds sounds uh beautiful actually the butterfly <laughs> effect um i think uh we're getting to an end now and there's one question that um we would like to ask um people at the end of our podcast and you've mentioned it in your intro as well. You reading, you read a lot about startups uh, when you got into the topic, and you read a lot about neuroscience right now because uh, you're just super interested in it. Um, do you have any recommendations um, for books or hacks that uh, you could give us and give our listeners? Yes. Um, so, so one thing. So. Um, I have a, my whole reading list is like on my Instagram. So if like really like anything should be interested, like Basti punkt, uh, point VKL or VKL. So I put like every book I, I'm reading, putting on my like stories and then I have this like uh, story where I put all the stories together. I think um, just, just from the last one or two years there, I think like uh, 20, 30 books in, in this reading list. Um, so if, if it's really like, if you want to know what I'm all reading in the last years, um, but I think, yeah, so there, there are definitely like books where afterwards I would say, um, so I think it depends. So really like books for, for first time founders, would, would you say like recommend them to, to those or what, to whom am I like, not, like now recommending the book or the books? 
I think whatever you like. I mean, okay. if you have like two or three specific books that you uh, feel yeah. like maybe had an impact on you, yeah, I think that so, would be super interesting for all of us. Yeah. yeah. So I actually have like right beside me. So one of the books that had like the most impact is like Disciplined Entrepreneurship by Bill Owlett. Um, this is really like, so Bill Owlett is like this managing director from the, um, um, on the entrepreneurship center from the MIT. And this is one of the persons who just has this like really experience in how startups work, but also the experience in how to teach. And this is a very rarely combination um, actually from, from many authors. So in this book, it actually calls like 24 steps to a successful startup. And most of the time, I'm very suspicious. Suspicious is somebody tells you this, like 24 sounds steps. Sounds a bit too simple. <laughs> yeah, it sounds too simple, but it is really like great. So it, it really gives you a great framework. And um, even though you know at the beginning that not everything will go like 100% well, but it really tells you on, okay, now, who, who's your customer who you should talk to so it gives you the whole framework till product market fit and um, it doesn't tell you how to scale big or how to do your culture and your team but it really helps you from i have this idea to i get to product market fit so product market fit just means that people love what you build like love your product um, and i think that's like the most critical stage in, in every startup so i think that's why i would definitely recommend this um, like disciplined entrepreneurship by Bill Allard. So I think that's like on my, on my, um, like on the top from, from my reading list. Um, then the second, it, it's not a book. It's, it's, um, it's a blog article by Paul Graham, which is called um, how to get startup ideas. Um, definitely also um, must read for everybody who not, not like for like, okay, I'm now, starting my startup, but also like for everyone who's currently having a startup. So I think that's um, just always like important. So for example, I read this blog at least one or two times a month just to remind me that um, what I should look out for and so on. So um, how to get startup ideas by program. I think you just like type it in in Google and find a blog article. Um, that's the second thing. Um, and if I would pick a third one, let's think. Oh, there's so many great books. Um, I, I think I will, I will, because I don't want to say as much. So I think I will just take those two. That, I think that's the two most. I think that's, yeah, that's enough. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, thanks for sharing. And I think we could t uh, keep on talking for hours now. This has been <laughs> super interesting. And I love how enthusiastic you are about your startup and what you're doing and about your journey. And I think we all learned a bit about it. And I hope our listeners do as well. So, I think we had some great insights as well. So what I'll do is I'll link whatever we talked about, the McKinsey study and the books in the show notes. So some good insights for the people listening a lot. And we're going to do a second one in half a year. <laughs> sure thing. <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot, Sebastian. Um, Thanks for having me. I was actually a really great time. I enjoyed it. <laughs> awesome. All right. Perfect. See you then. Have a nice weekend. Bye. Ciao. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.